faces a choice. This is Battleground America. Here's Tara Servatius. Thanks for joining me as I count down the most insane things that happened this week. This is the most chilling. It was buried in an ABC News story, and it shows the full extent of the Biden administration's determination, ambition to use COVID to create an absolute police state. I don't think that's an exaggeration. You won't either once I read this to you. The ABC News story is called Biden Eyes Tougher Vaccine Rules Without Provoking Backlash. Let me read you this paragraph. The Biden administration admits, ABC says, they are considering mandating vaccine passports for interstate travel. For travel between the states? Quote, while more severe measures such as mandating vaccines for interstate travel have been discussed, the administration worried that they would be too polarizing for the moment. That's not to say they won't be implemented in the future, ABC News reports, as public opinion continues to shift toward requiring vaccinations as a means to restore normalcy. Good God. That was a glimpse behind the curtain. How big they're thinking. How authoritarian. You can find the article on my Facebook page. Folks, that makes Cuba look like a walk in the park. They are actually thinking about, strategizing about, requiring, mandating the vaccine for interstate travel? They would create prisons out of states, separate families like East Germany. I can't, I can't wrap my head around it. Think about this for a minute. The same people who let the world's infected, including with a vaccine-resistant variant, cross the southern border, want to stop unvaccinated Americans from crossing state borders. It's insane. Just as insane as the vaccine passports you now need to eat in New York. Think about this for a moment while we're on insane things. New York City restaurants now have stricter entry and ID requirements than our borders. Think about that. Now, of course, it says they're not going to restrict interstate travel for now, according to vaccination status. They're, they, you know, they're going to build support for it for the future. But still, their minds have gone there. This is what they're working toward. Good God, with what? With, with what? With what outbreak? With, with what language? With what scare tactics? If this is the size of their ambition, do not underestimate them. They are dead serious, and they're not just trying to cure a virus. Looking at the news from the border this week, you could argue they're trying to stoke an outbreak, which leads us to the next insane thing. In recent weeks, both Rochelle Walensky of the CDC and Anthony Fauci have warned that it is only a matter of time before a vaccine-resistant variant shows up. What do they know? This. The New York Post just reported on a terrifying new article for anyone who ever wants to live normally again that the Lambda variant of COVID is ravaging parts of South America. It's a little different from the other two. It won't be slowed by vaccines at all. It's vaccine resistant. That's according to a large new study out of Japan. And where is the epicenter of Lambda? Peru. 
mainly in Latin American countries like Chile, Argentina, and Ecuador, the epicenter Peru. Folks, our southern border is wide open. And when you look at Fauci's rhetoric and Rochelle Walensky's, they refuse to condemn this. They're already planning for it. This is beyond a super spreader event. This is practically homicidal. Our borders are wide open. Now let's review the news for this week. Four in ten illegal immigrants released in Laredo, right near the U.S.-Mexico border, by the Biden administration had already tested positive for COVID-19. They dumped them anyway. Quote, this was very high, Laredo Mayor Pete Sands told the Washington Times. Laredo Health Authority Director Dr. Victor Trevino confirmed the numbers with the newspaper. Okay, that's just one city. So understand, when these immigrants are coming across, we have no idea who they are. They're testing positive in Border Patrol custody and they're being dumped um, in cities along the Texas border. McAllen, Texas, said, remember last week, that of the 7,000 immigrants released by federal officials into McAllen the week before, 1,500 of them had tested positive for COVID-19. So what nobody's talking about, folks, is, okay, COVID-19, but which, which strain? These have to be Lambda. Not all of them, obviously. Some of this has got to be Lambda. It's vaccine-resistant. Folks, they are setting this outbreak up. It's practically a pre-planned event. Now, I want you to remember this in a month or two, however long it takes, when they come out and they blame the unvaccinated for the spread of Lambda. I want you to remember it is walking across our border right now. There is no way that can't be happening. Because the world epicenter of it, again, is Latin America. There's no way they don't know this. Which gets us to insane thing number three. The vaccine is failing. As many virologists predicted it would. Going all the way back to January, February, and March. Now by failing, I specifically mean this. Failing to stop the spread. The numbers are abysmal when it comes to stopping the spread. New Uh, And Axios published this this week, the liberal uh, newspaper Axios. Mayo Clinic, in a yet-to-be-peer-reviewed study, so we'll see how the study goes, shows a 40, uh, this is abysmal, 42% effectiveness rate at stopping the spread of the Delta variant in the Pfizer vaccine and just 76 in the Moderna and declining each month. Now, they're still claiming both those vaccines are effective, you know, in the 80 percentage range is for stopping people from ending up in the hospital. But they don't stop the spread. Not at all. Which means all of this rhetoric that's continuing in this country, as if, by the way, that study didn't happen. Got to get vaccinated. We could end this if you get vaccinated. Just go get vaccinated today. What? With a vaccine that's going to be useless for stopping the spread in six months? With that? Now, keep in mind, it's only been about six weeks since the CDC batted Pfizer down and said, no, nah, no, nah, we don't need a booster. It's good. No, the, va- the vaccine is very effective. They have been saying it's highly effective at stopping the spread, including of Delta, up until two weeks ago. So they were lying to us. They've been lying to us this whole time. And yet the only remedy they want to push is a vaccine guaranteed to fail, which this week was why Fauci was pimping the booster. He said we wouldn't have to get for now. It's just for the immunocompromised and the very elderly for now. 
But this is how they're going to keep the passport going, the vaccine passport, because they're going to need to track booster after booster after booster for variant after variant after variant. The study, by the way, that found the abysmal 42 percent effectiveness rate rating for the Pfizer shot as far as stopping the spread. It was done by the Mayo Clinic. That brings us to insane thing number four. I can't believe a bipartisan bill just created a tracking system, but it did. They call it vehicle miles traveled. It was in the bipartisan infrastructure deal, the $1.2 trillion one, and it is a thing of horror. Now, for now, it's just a pilot program. But here's the problem. The bill authorizes it. What just happened here? Well, the idea is as more people are going to switch to electric cars, the gas tax revenue will go down and we need to build roads. Okay, all of that is a complete lie. It would be simple compared to building a vehicle tracking system that will track everywhere where everybody goes. It would be very simple to just attach a tax, a monthly tax to your electric car vehicle payment. Or if you buy it all at once with cash, then you, you, know, you have to pay it up front. That is not hard. Building a system that tracks where everyone goes all the time is hard. But they're going that route. Look, folks, these people print money like it's nothing. They don't need this money. You know what this is? This, the purpose of this is to legalize, it's cover for legalizing a spy system that will forever record, log, and save everywhere that you go. The UK Daily Mail already gave a hint this week of how they plan to use it. Already seeing that trucks will be charged more if they drive at the wrong time or in the wrong place. Meghan McCain, of all people, John McCain's daughter, flipped her lid this week talking about how brutal this is going to be on the middle class and the lower classes and rural people because they'll be punished for living so far out, so far out from blue cities. They want them inside the city so they can control them. But it's about so much more than that. Think about it this way for a minute. Every time I talk about a topic like this, I get pushback. Ah, Tara, the NSA already knows where I go, what I do, who I talk to. Come on. Yeah, but it's not legal for them to access it and to use it. The whole kerfluffle over Tucker Carlson and the NSA spying on him demonstrates that. That is why they wanted this system. In the process of authorizing the demonstration project, which will be purely volunteer, they're going to have volunteers demonstrate and and they'll build out the infrastructure for it. The whole purpose of getting that approved is to approve the spying everywhere you go all the time. It would be the equivalent of slipping into a bill that the NSA now can completely legally track every email you send, every single text, every website you visit. They can listen to all your phone calls and record who you call and save it for all time. We just legalized it. That is the equivalent. Then they could spy on Tucker Carlson all they wanted and terrorize him with whatever they found. They just did that for cars. Now, The good news is this was a pilot program. It directs the Treasury Secretary and the the Transportation Secretary to create the system, get volunteers in every state who will voluntarily participate in it, and then in three years they're supposed to report back so they can implement the full system. That'll take an extra vote of Congress. So we can still stop this. But again, folks, it shows the size and the terrifying scope of their ambition. What? They're not allowed to track gun purchases can't keep a database of that who needs to they know how many times you went to the store the gun store to buy ammo they know it all 
they got it all. They know what church you go to. They know that that church teaches biblically sound teachings that aren't really, you know, very politically correct. Should you still have a job if you go there? Look at we could see you went there three times. Last week. All right. Insane thing. Number five, the fall of Afghanistan to fully appreciate that just the sheer level of the foreign policy cataclysm here. Let me hit you with this stat. The Pentagon spent $88 billion training the Afghan army for 20 years. It collapsed in a month. It collapsed in a month. Why do we do that? Oh, because one of the biggest sources of congressional cash, campaign donations, military industrial complex, especially the contractors that like to send hired guns over there. Look, that's not a knock on the military. That's a knock on Washington. None of this ever have anything to do with securing the country. And here's where we left it. A staggering 2,312 U.S. military personnel died in Afghanistan. 20,066 were wounded. And what did we leave behind? Oh, besides the trillion-dollar bill, by the way, for Afghanistan. That's just for the military. What do we leave behind? And Afghanistan, where today the Taliban controls far more territory, particularly in the north, than it did when we arrived. I'm sorry. I, I'm losing my mind. What, what do we do there? What do we do there? And we can't even exit right. I mean, did, did anybody think, hey, we should get all our personnel out, like our soft core personnel, not the military, before the, we send the military out? No, nobody thought of that. They were too busy doing diversity training and, and spying on the troops to make sure they're not posting pro-Trump memes. So they yanked the military out, figured the peace accord will hold, and leave the staff behind. So they got to send 3,000 troops back just to evacuate the staff that is now caught in a war zone. Okay, y'all, we should have learned this with Vietnam and Korea. We, we don't need to invade anywhere ever again. I mean, we could send maybe light footprint special forces and some drones or some beyond that, man. We are not capable of committing for more than two years. I'll never forget how the polling went south on Afghanistan and Iraq. People just, you know what it was? They just got bored of it. Seriously, they got, but it was cool. It was patriotic. They got bored of it. We don't need to ever invade anywhere again. And the most systemic failure to me, the, the most shocking figures were the Christians. Think about it, folks. They, there was no 40,000 strong caliphate before George Bush invaded Iraq and Afghanistan. But when he was done and just after he left office... There was, because we so destabilized the region. There was that cancer, 40,000 strong ISIS caliphate in the middle of the border between ISIS, uh, Iraq, and Syria. When he left office, Barack Obama said it'd be there for decades. Trump and Putin said, hold my beer. They annihilated it from the air in nine months, showing Washington deliberately creates problems, as it did under Bush and Obama in order to deploy contractors and spend billions of dollars to then get the campaign donations. None of this is about national security. It doesn't have a thing to do with it. Well, what is the toll? This is heartbreaking. When we arrived in Iraq, a million Iraqi Christians who'd lived there since the time of G Jesus and had managed to survive even under ha Saddam Hussein, who arguably did a better job than we did of running Iraq. Yes, I said that. 
And you'll see what I mean when I give you this next stat. Those million Christians, yeah, there's little more than 10,000 left. It's not much better in Syria. Even despite, to his credit, Bashar al-Assad, he's the Alawite leader of Syria, his attempts to protect Christians and other minorities, he's actually done a pretty good job with it. But with the caliphate in place, the caliphate that arose because we so destabilized the Middle East, do you know what has happened? This is the most heartbreaking stat to me this week. Syria, too, had a population of Christians that dated back from the time of Jesus Do you know how precious that is? How historic? It's just, to me, awe-inspiring that it it even existed. It doesn't anymore. Christian political leaders in Syria told the Kurdish outlet Rudaw on Monday that the Christian population of the country had declined by a staggering 66% since the Iraqi and Afghan invasions. Why? Because it created ISIS in the caliphate. Many of those Christians hopefully got out alive. Many more we found in mass graves. Some so large they total 15,000 bodies. Some, when the dirt settles, the toys of little children sift to the top. We don't ever again need to go to one of these countries and invade. We don't belong there. And that wraps up one more insane week in America where we're seeing things we've never seen before. And I detail them here every Friday. Please subscribe on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Share with friends, family, and other free thinkers. Thanks for listening.